He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. As he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks, Vicki. I was invited to write a character reference this week, and I was asked to articulate the circumstances to which I knew the person, and then to share some examples of this person's character and general reputation. Now, this person's professional resume clearly articulated qualifications and achievements and experience, and I did not need to restate the obvious. And so I thought as I wrote this reference that maybe this character narrative was requested to get a glimpse of the heart, to hear about what may be inside of the person, their intention, their call, their motivation, their whole self, and then how does that inside get expressed then to the outside, to the world. So, all of this made me think, how is our character, our characters, revealed? What do our interactions, our efforts, say about our heart and who we really are? And so, I had to really think for myself, if I had to lay it all out there, Here's my resume. Here's my accomplishments. Here are my relationships, my viewpoints, and even my bank statements. Would all of that reflect what's in my heart, my motivation, my intention, my whole self, this person God has created me to be? It's a big question. Now, with this in mind, I just have to wonder about the character reference Jesus would write about the people in our story today. First, the scribes. Jesus says, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses, and for the sake of appearance, they say long prayers. Jesus doesn't mince words 
on his character reference there, clearly the scribes, the ones with power, love to display the good public front. But in their process of gaining power, they overtake those in their path, they devour widows' houses, and they walk by the oppressed. Their actions may look good from the outside, but not so much from the inside. What the world sees is not what Jesus sees. And then this seemingly unseen widow. Jesus sits himself down and he watches people contributing to the treasury of the temple. It would be like if Jesus took a chair right here in front and watched as the offering plate gets passed around. Most people wouldn't even notice this woman, but Jesus sees her and the two small coins she offers that are worth a penny. And Jesus says, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The world doesn't even notice this woman, but Jesus sees something more. Her actions show something about her heart, but how is she able to give all that she has? We don't know. But it's so sad to think that she has to give everything that she has when others have so much to give. And I think Jesus wants us not only to notice this, I think Jesus wants us to be bothered by this. Because I wonder if Jesus sees something inside of her heart that the world needs to see as well. Who could this woman be if she had enough? What would be her hopes for the world if she was fully part of community? What is she meant to contribute to this world? And this is where this story gets turned on its ear because we clearly have much more in common with the scribes than we do with this widow. Because we are about power and the building of structures to hold power. And we clearly do not give all that we have. So what comes next now in chapter 13 changes everything. So after Jesus is watching these people contributing to the treasury of the temple, giving to the place and the structure this glorious building this place where God is to be known and present, all of a sudden Jesus says to that same building and to his disciples, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. So the place that God was supposed to be, the temple with all its power, and its processes, this place where everyone is to contribute, 
will no longer be there. What, do, what then does the world have to show for his efforts? What are we to build up and to contribute to? And really then, where is God? While Jesus enters the world and he upheaves the worldly, what he is saying in these words and subsequent verses is he comes into this world to become the temple, to become the place where God dwells. So it's not about a place, but it's about a presence. That's where God's power is. And so Jesus is about going into this world to dwell among us, and that is just about everywhere. And so God is meant to be with me and you, but all people, even those people that we least expect. God is up to something far greater than we could ever accomplish or prove in our own power or our own lives. And this gift is given to each of us. Now, there is nothing that we can ever do to be worthy of this. His grace is unconditional and abundant. The question is, do we trust this? Do we trust with our whole self, our actions, our lives, and our money that it can't be about what we do on our own? It's about what God has given us and then called us to be. Do we trust that? The story is so convicting when we hold our own worth and the worth of others in the power that we hold, what accomplishments we achieve, what money we can accumulate, and the world's perception and evaluation of this. But this story can also be so freeing when we hear again that God's love through Jesus, his love and his grace, is far greater than anything that we can build. It's far greater than a church building, anything that we can hold on to or create in this world. And there's really nothing that we can ever do to receive or be worthy of that gift. Temples and institutions will eventually tumble down because they are not the sole places where God's power is held. God's power, his presence, love, mercy is freely given. And when we hear then that it's not for us to save ourselves, but rather to take in this gift and express it in the world, how could that change the way we live? And I think that's why we gather today and often because we need to hear a different story than what the world tells us. This lavish gift of God's grace is for us and for everyone. And Jesus really knows what's inside our hearts. And what he wants is to stir and create anew so we are allowed to be the people that he has created us to be, to trust in him in such a way that we can live and give to others and notice God's presence in our daily lives.
So what I'm wondering about today is how would Jesus write the character reference for us here as Mount Olivet as a church? Do our individual contributions pool together speak to our trust in what God is doing in our lives? Are we investing in buildings or are we investing in God's presence in each of us out in the world? Do each of us realize that the holy is not just found in a sanctuary, but in the ordinary, how we live and interact in our lives? Do we notice that and name it? Are we regularly coming back to his living word to hear again about this incredible promise, about his love for us and the world? So that may guide us and stir within us, where is that next place we are called to go? Who are we meant to see that is lacking, that will bother us so much that we're ready to go and do something about it? With hope and with gratitude and humbleness, may this be what is inside our hearts. Amen.